Hey guys, this is David. We wanted to let you know about an exciting opportunity we don't want you to miss out on. We are hosting our annual Awaken Conference Labor Day weekend in Dallas, Texas. Join 4,000 other young adults from all over the country and world to be a part of seeing an awakening of the hope of the world, which is the church of Jesus in our generation. Go to theporch.live to get a ticket before they sell out. Hope to see you at Awaken 2022. Welcome to Views from the Porch, a lifestyle podcast where we have weekly conversations about some of the biggest challenges young adults face today. Our desire is to use God's word and our experience leading thousands of young adults at the porch to challenge you, push you, keep it real with you, and walk alongside you as you navigate your defining years as a young adult. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live or follow us on social media. And with that, here's this week's episode. What's up, guys? This is David. We're back with another episode of Views from the Porch with J.D. Rogers. What up? And Mrs. Becca Kepto. Hello, hello. If you didn't hear last week, my we're recording our second part two of FAQ, and um, I lost my voice. So sorry about that. And I feel like you should go listen to that one before you listen to this one. Why? Because if we're picking oh, up. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> I was talking about me personally. I'm like, why? No, no, no. <laughs> no um, I mean, if you're listening and if we're diving back in, finishing. A convo. Yeah. We're going to start strong. Oh, we're starting Y'all, y'all definitely, if you missed last week, we did, we're, what we're doing is trying to get 20 questions. I don't think we got 20 last time. No, but definitely 20 not. questions in 20 minutes. So we're just speeding through all these questions that you guys asked on Instagram. It was a fun time, fun conversation. Now, we left off on a spicy note because one of the questions was, is uh, masturbation a sin if you are not um, thinking about anything like sexually? Which is funny because it's a sexual act. Yeah. So, Anyways, we won't get into that, but you can go listen to what we said about that question, but then that led to a further question because there's some controversial stuff going on right now where... And we're starting the timer, right? Oh, uh, well, I'm going to set it up, and then I think we can officially start. Got it, okay. So actually, yeah, let's go and officially start, and I'll ask the question again. That'll be part of your 20 minutes. You have exactly 20 minutes, David, to answer as many questions from the people as possible. Mm. The moment the buzzer goes off, you are cut off. Mm. All right? So y'all know you're getting a 20-minute episode starting now. So there have been videos on YouTube of, um, there was, there's, I don't know if there's multiple pastors, but I know of one very well-known pastor that was Instagram living with his wife and said that masturbation could be a gift from God or was a gift from God that they landed that when he's traveling to abstain, masturbation is a weapon that, um, he can think about his wife rather than Mm -hmm. lusting about anything else and think about his wife and use that as a weapon. Yep. What does thee say? Well, I said last week that the Bible doesn't specifically address masturbation, at least directly. Jesus, you would assume when he brings up in Matthew chapter five, hey, you commit adultery when you lust after someone. And so I tell you, if your eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. If your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Again, he's saying take extreme measures to fight sexual sin there seems to be clearly a connection that Jesus is referencing. In other words, he didn't say your foot. Uh, He's referencing the the means by which people would masturbate. And we walked through, hey, is this something like with anything that you can do for the glory of God? First Corinthians chapter 10 says that in everything we do, whether it's eat, drink, live, do it for the glory of God. Can you with integrity say, man, I'm doing this because I believe it is bringing glory to God. 
can you with integrity say, hey, this, anything that doesn't proceed from faith, Romans chapter 14 says, is sin. Can I say, hey, this is a action that is proceeding from my faith. Can you with integrity say, I was bought with a price. I am to bring glory to God. First Corinthians 6 says, talking about sexual morality. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this is how I can honor God with my body. If there's sexual lustful thoughts involved, especially if you're saying, I mean, most of our audience is single, so let's be honest. If there's lustful thoughts involved, then absolutely it would be a sin. Typically, the way somebody even gets aroused in a way that would enable them to do that requires lustful thoughts that would lead to that. You don't think it would just be like, because like, <laughs> um, like the biology of of like the makeup of a body is that every so often it's like wanting to reproduce. Yeah. And so like, it doesn't necessarily require thoughts. I think you just have to jump through a lot of hoops to convince yourself. And so to the person that you're talking about, I haven't heard the entire uh, video of that. That is that is a uh, confusing, and um, and I would say everyone listening has to ask themselves, can I, with integrity, do those things? And in the same way that, hey, if I'm, if you're married and you're sleeping with your wife, but you're thinking about someone else while you're sleeping with your wife, that would be a sin, right? And so I think there are, are ways in which we could say, no, but I, I'm not sleeping with her or I am imagining because it helps me to not actually act out on that fantasy and we can justify our sin. But I just think you've got to jump through a lot of hoops. All right. David has spoken. <laughs> All right. Does God send the unreached to hell? Mm. Um, I think it depends by what you mean by unreached. Romans chapter 1 says that all people everywhere have seen the image of God in creation. In fact, it says in verse, make sure I have it. The wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. What is known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine image have been seen or divine nature have been clearly seen and understood in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. So the Bible says that all people look around and they can see through the evidence of creation itself, it declares the glory of God. And so if someone doesn't trust in Jesus, they're going to spend eternity apart from God. If, but there are people who have never had a missionary come to them that Jesus shows up to in the middle of the night and that he appears to in a dream. It happens all the time, actually. And there are people who live in London where there's churches on every corner that never trust in Jesus. Here's how I feel a piece about this. I could give you an intellectual thing that would um, maybe reflect one way that I can have a peace that God, who is far more concerned about all people everywhere knowing him and accepting Jesus, mm-hmm. Um, than I will ever be. Uh, And yet if somebody doesn't trust in Jesus, they're going to spend eternity apart from God. I think for those listening, man, the concern is not, hey, where is somebody who never hears about Jesus going to go? But does somebody who hears and knows and believes in Jesus but never goes and shares about it, do they actually know him and share the Father's heart for all people everywhere to be saved? But I think, I mean, what would y'all add? I'm trying to make sure we don't go too far down a rabbit hole, uh, but I'm happy to go there if it's helpful. No, I, I think that's great. 
I would just wonder about people in like a remote village in Africa that don't have any type of access to technology and yeah. say that missionaries haven't been there before. Yeah. Okay. Here, here is one. Um, this is the intellectual thing. I was like, I don't know if it's, it's helpful to go there and I'm not even sure I believe it, but it is one example of how the consistent character of God and his heart for all people still remains. And yet there are going to be people who live in the most remote of remote. It could be, and I don't think this is true. I'm just saying like intellectually, if I can come up with this scenario, then it means, oh, you know, and I'm infinite or I'm finite in how I think and, and, you know, barely past calculus. There's probably an endless number of ways that, that um, it is still consistent with God's love, heart for people. And there are people who may never hear about Jesus and maybe they never would have believed in him had they did. Mm-hmm. Like this is the, I'm going into the part that I don't right. think is true, but I think it intellectually stretches the mind to go, oh, I could get there. What if God so had it that every person that exists in these remote villages that he wants reached and he wants all people, he wants as many people, the Bible says in Second Peter chapter three, to spend eternity with God, as many as possible. In fact, the reason he hasn't come back yet is he knows there are other people that are going to trust in him that he wants and he's waiting until that person trusts him. And he's hoping that the church shares the gospel with him. But what if he allocated and placed geographically in locations and at times people who would never hear about it, but he knew that even if they did, they never would have trusted in him. Does that make sense? Yeah. In other words, God wants as many, God is far more concerned about every person that would possibly ever trust in him, trusting in him. And what if, and this is where it's, it becomes like just a hypothetical scenario, but what if all those people that we talk about hypothetically and we use them to discount the character or the work of God or the heart of God. And that's just one hypothetical of, hey, what if all of those people, God knew, hey, they never would have ever trusted in him no matter how much time and how much exposure to the gospel that they ever had. And what if, uh, you know, when the scripture says, Hey, there was a Roman who was a righteous man. It talks about Cornelius. who was a God-fearer. That there could be ways in which someone, based on Romans chapter 1, looks around at creation and says, Man, I am a, there is a God who created all things, and I am a sinful, unworthy, ungodlike person. And for me to spend eternity with him, I am going to be completely dependent on his grace, his work. And maybe that could bridge them to a place where you know they would be accepting of a savior. I think there's less evidence for that inside of scripture, but I think that's one example, specifically the hypothetical of, hey, God could place people that he knew would never ever trust in him, no matter how much time and how much exposure that they would still reject the savior of the world that God has sent. Okay. There's a lot more there we could go yeah. on. I know, I but know. also, you have 11 minutes left. Yeah, let's fly. You have 11 minutes left. Are there any all right. quick ones? Um, are, I know, these are all pretty pretty good questions. Pretty heady. Can the devil hear our thoughts? Yes or no? Uh, I think that based on the um, book of Job, one, he's not all-knowing, so uh, no. But can he recognize patterns and can he identify um things about so you look at the story of job which i think gives us one of the more insight insightful ways that hey what is the limits of what what satan can do mm-hmm. maybe a better way of saying it would be this in terms of yes or no satan can do 
anything God allows him to do. Like the question of, hey, can Satan turn my car off? Like, was that the devil when I got a flat tire? Can Satan, you know, JD lost his voice. Was that the devil? Um, When you got COVID, you know, sick, was that the devil? The answer is, what can Satan do? He can do anything that God allows him to do. How do we know that? Because Job chapter one, where Satan has to come and ask God, hey, I see your servant and I am asking you for permission to do X, Y, and Z. Jesus said about Peter, Satan has asked for permission to sift you like wheat, but I've prayed for you. So what are the limits of what Satan can do? The answer is whatever God allows him to do. And theologically, we know that whatever God allows him to do works within the constraints of what God is going to allow and bring about ultimately for the good of those who love him. All right. So maybe a better answer would be maybe if God allowed him to. Yeah, I think it's no, but. I think it's probably no. I think he watches patterns. I think that's absolutely right. Um, okay, okay, okay. Tattoos, question mark. <laughs> oh, you should go listen to one we have on tattoos. Yeah, I hope They okay. are for sure not okay. <laughs> no, JD has like 19. How many tattoos do you have? I think like 16. Are instruments allowed in worship? Yeah, for sure. You know, Church of Christ doesn't allow it. I know, and I think that... But yet they'll be banging some rap in their car. Yeah, <laughs> I know. And they t- used to always joke with my dad's best friend about. They take that from uh, Colossians chapter 3, where it's making melody and singing to the Lord, and there were instruments inside of the Old Testament. I think the argument against instruments from a lack of being mentioned, which is why they hold to that, because they're not mentioned in the New Testament is an argument from silence, which is a weak argument. How do you best set yourself up for a Watermark Institute candidate? To be one? Yeah, so what's the Watermark Institute? Just give a plug. Oh, that's a great call. I mean, you should speak to it. Watermark Institute is a 10-month Bible and ministry equipping program here at Watermark. They have hundreds of people apply out of college, been in ministry for years, so much fun. It changed my life. Um, just equip me for ministry. Because you're a graduate. I am. Class of 2020. <laughs> um, and so anyways, uh, I would say the best way to just set yourself up for success there is um, all the things that you hope to get out of it, start doing now. Yep. And, um, you know, study, study God's word, be faithful in your church, serve your church, and uh, know what you want to do and how you can use your goods for the kingdom. Um, you, can so, I add one thing? Yeah. I mean, it's basically punctuating. We use, if you're not a part of a local church, I I mean, this is like just, I would say, uh, that is going to be a, a red flag. If you're not connected, if you're not doing and serving and, mm-hmm. and, and, and now you want to come be a leader and server in a church, then it's going to be like, you're not even, uh, you want to play pro baseball and you don't even play baseball. Right. You know, I ask people like, I think I'm called a ministry. And I always ask the first question, okay, what does ministry look like now? Exactly. And uh, if they're like, Oh, I mean, I go to church. I'm like, no, no, what, what are you doing? Exactly. Yeah. So, all right. Um, is dating in high school okay? I don't know if it's really relevant to our audience, yeah. but one day they might have high schoolers. Next. Next? Well, what do you think? You're going to have kids in high school? I think it's foolish. I agree. Um, all right. Also, they might be discipling high schoolers. Oh, yeah, that's audience. true. Yeah. That's yeah. so true. That's true. Um, and it's foolish because sexual temptation, your body was not meant to date someone for like six years. There's the outlier. Everyone's thinking the high school sweetheart person example, pastor, you know, but that's the extreme outlier and it's just generally unwise. Just like, it, is it okay to smoke cigarettes? One, anything addictive is wrong, but people would go, hey, uh, I smoked it for 50 years and I was fine. Those are the outliers. Trends identify just as, as um, 
setting you up for unnecessary heartbreak at a young age and prolonging sexual temptation. Okay. Do dogs go to heaven? We have a podcast about that. We do. David, uh, first off, <sighs> RIP. I know. Second moment. Yeah. Pouring out. Judah. Mm. He was a great dog. He was. Well, after that, um, were you here for this? David went on a deep dive. I was not here for this. To know if dogs go to heaven. I'm going to go listen to this episode immediately after this. Because you resulted in, yes. I am a strong, strong (laughs) believer. Here's why. Okay. You ready? I I love this. Oh, I got to go quick. All right. The um, creation, God creates animals. Mm -hmm. So in other words, there were animals, right? Because Adam named them all. They were a part of, we're going to be in a new heavens and new earth. God's going to recreate this existing earth. Not only do I think they will exist, Becca, you ready for this? I'm ready. I think they will talk. <laughs> yeah. I, I have talk so many questions, but we don't have time Here's right why. now. There's a couple things. One, there's Balaam's donkey. Balaam's going on the road. He's a prophet. It's a book of numbers. There's a situation basically where um, there is a donkey that talks. Um, let's not go too deep into it. Basically, God loosens the mouth of a donkey and says, hey, we shouldn't go that way. There's somebody standing with a sword that's going to kill us. So clearly, God can loosen the tongue of an animal. The most convincing thing, I think, nobody talks about this, is that in Genesis chapter 3, when Adam or when Eve is sitting there and Adam and Eve and they're eating the, th- the fruit or being tempted, the serpent talks to them and says, didn't, or, you know, you should eat it, look at it, it's amazing. And did God really say, oh, he knows. And Eve didn't go, wait a second. This thing's talking to me. Adam, come see this. She was like, oh yeah, that's just normal. The serpent was speaking and it didn't throw her for a loop. It wasn't like, it wasn't even referenced as odd to her as, hey, something's not right. That tree that I went to that God said, don't near it, go near it. There's an animal that talks on it. You would think that would throw her off, but it it was just just another day in paradise. So I think that the animals that we have here would make most sense consistent with God's character because he loves all of creation. Oh, he loves all of creation that the recreated world is going to be those animals that were here that did not create sin, that didn't choose to do anything. And if I'm wrong, whatever, because there's at least a white horse. Jesus is riding on a white horse. So there's animals. You know that. And if I'm wrong, it's going to be infinitely better than even the animals that we think of on this life. But I think it would make most sense consistent with God's character. I wouldn't bet someone's salvation on this or mine, but I think it's most consistent with God's character that they will be. Okay. Okay, wait. We have about three and a half minutes. Wait, I had to ask a follow-up question. Okay, hurry. <sighs> if, if dogs can talk in heaven, mm-hmm. what's the first thing that Judah's going to say to you? Um... <laughs> Uh, I don't have a thyroid problem anymore. <laughs> the dog had to take thyroid medicine his whole life. That's a bougie 50 bucks dog. a month, man. Becca, you had a question you said? I just have a lot of questions about that specifically, but I'm going to talk after. Or we can do a whole separate episode. Let's I'm going to go it. back and listen to the episode you already did on that. Let's do it. Okay, I'll ask the next question. Uh, science and faith. Mm. Are they opposed? No. They aren't? No. So then why would you need faith if you have science? I think it depends on what you mean by science. I believe the, the Latin word, way we get the word science is like the uh, accumulation of knowledge. Science in terms of, and even 2020, I feel like blasted even the word science of like the science. If by science, somebody means studying and evaluating, science's role is not to interpret anything. It's to go through the um, scientific method of testing a hypothesis and then eventually from that 
interpreting it and coming up with a conclusion. I think as C.S. Lewis put, science is just our understanding of how things work. And if anything, it allows us to go, oh, that's how God did it. So when somebody has gravitational theory in the expanding universe, which points to the fact that there was an original initial creation point, in other words, the Big Bang points to a big God who created a big universe from a big moment, all of that, studying the expanding universe, just tells us, oh, that gives us more indication of how God created and what God created. So I don't think science at all disproves. All right, all right. Mm. What do you think about infant baptism? Is it biblical? No, definitely not. No. No. Okay, so if I have been baptized as an infant and then I go to college and I leave the Catholic faith, um, should I get baptized again? Wait, say that again? I was baptized as an infant Mm -hmm. in the Catholic Church. Yep. And then I go to college and let's say I leave Catholicism. Yep. I say I'm now a Christian. And are you a Christian? Yes. Yeah. Should I get baptized again even though I've been baptized before? Yes. Believer's baptism is the teachings of scripture. We got one minute, 15 seconds. So yes, just like the uh, Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter six that trusts in Jesus, I think it's six and maybe 16 numbers were never my strong suit. But when he trusts in Christ and he says, what should I do now? I should be baptized. If you trust in Jesus, you should be baptized. It's an outward outward depiction of an inward reality. And if you're an infant, you haven't had that inward reality yet. So there's no reason to have an outward reflection of it. That's good. All right, let's just do some quick uh, hot takes or like your choice, your choice awards. Ooh, Chick-fil-A or Canes? Chick-fil-A. I've Chick- never had Canes, though. <gasps> Chick-fil-A. Canes. I, I used to I have Chick-fil-A in my youth, and as I've grown as a man, I've taken on the things of a man. I'm I do. Canes. I, I love okay. Chick-fil-A. Okay, uh, beach Canes. or mountains? Beach. Beach. Beach all day. For sure. Um, What's another one? Dogs or cats? Obviously. I don't really like animals. I'm sorry, dogs. Oh my gosh, you don't like dogs? <laughs> dogs. <laughs> dogs for sure. Okay, and last question. Will Becca be married this year? Oh, I'm going to go. That's a hard no. <laughs> okay. In a year? Lord, you would you stop in a heart? Okay. <laughs> you said this year. And the alarm is off. And the alarm. Becca, I don't know what's wrong with I my can't, phone. I hear the I, alarm, <laughs> man. Beep, 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 beep. So I, sorry. This time she actually had the alarm set, and there was no, there was no sound. I feel like you answered the question for us. We don't even need to answer. She's already said hard no. She has put a lock on what the Lord can do. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta go. Call it like it is. Hey, waymaker, miracle oh, worker. Okay, he can part the sea. All right. Well. That's our 20 minutes. That's awesome. I don't think you got 20 questions. I don't even think you no. got 10. Oh. You took too long on the dogs. But we got the Chick-fil-A. I mean, there's some, yeah. some additional yeah, those ones on there. Okay, well. That's it, man. That, that's all we got. If you got questions, email us at info at the porch.live, and we'll see you next week with another episode of Views from the Porch. Thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about the porch, follow us on social media or visit us at theporch.live. And as always, go in peace and love to serve the Lord this week.